know Your ass better call somebody Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Redhead Zone proudly brings to you the new age footballers. I'm Jay. He's Dustin. Dustin, what's up, buddy? How you doing? What's going on, man? Ready for another exciting episode? Uh, I guess you know who Oral Roberts is now, huh? Uh, you know, I was going to say something. I'm mean, still wearing my Gators hat. I, I shouldn't be. Um, hey, what can I say? They're the team of destiny. I hope they win the whole thing. And uh, if Mike white is not fired yet he should be billy donovan i miss you so much uh but we will not talk about the gators we could talk about my new cool microphone do i sound sexy yes you do moving up thank you I, I had a big eggplant rollatini for dinner so i'm going to try to power through that uh thank you to pizza park here in new york city what'd you have for dinner uh, how many fish a lot if you guys one day when we have like a real show and I want, I just want to say like, Hey guy, throw up a picture of Dustin's dinner. It looks like someone took a panoramic picture of like five plates of sushi. That's he, it's, it's an unbelievable setup. You guys, you got to see it. Yeah. It all goes towards his biceps, which he's pointing to now, uh, which he has to do every hour on the hour or uh, an angel loses its swings. So, all right, man, we got the AFC North today, but some housekeeping items in the NFL. Uh, Sue re-signed with the Buccaneers. It seems like they're returning the same exact team and they're just going to make another run at it. And yes, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to dive into that team. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about and mention before we jump into the AFC North is the Kenny Galladay signing. You know, we're yeah. talking all these episodes about, how do, how bad the receivers are getting paid this year? Looks like a lot Scott, of the teams are. I think are, million a year. He got he got a lot for you know, a lot of the other guys didn't seem to get what we would expect. I think a lot of these teams that were looking for receivers, they're waiting for the draft and not willing to overspend. With you know, with the cap situation being you know lower than they're used to, or what they would expect of an increase didn't come this year, so I think that hurt the wide receiver market tremendously. But I will say, Galladay did get more than I expected. You know, he had a scary injury last year that I'm you know I don't take lightly. With uh, he had a hip injury, those can they're scary. So especially I'm, for a receiver. Yeah, and then, listen. Uh, He's going from Stafford to Danny Dimes, so. Ew. Yeah. Well, I'll save that for when we get to the NFC yeah. East. Ew. Good for him, though. He got paid. Yeah, you know, hey, listen, good for Galladay, who everyone said was holding out for an unreasonable amount of money in a weird year, and he got it. And I guess, hey, credit to the Giants. They, they really needed this either to prove that, to figure out if Danny Dimes, I'm, I can't even call him that, uh, hmm. whether he's the guy or not. Um, you know, or not, but even if not, Galladay is, uh, is something they needed. They needed, they Definitely. haven't had it since Odell Beckham Jr. left. And, uh, so we'll see how that works out for them. But, uh, speaking of Odell Beckham Jr., what a segue. Let's just jump into the AFC North and let's start with the Cleveland Browns. First things first, we got to say Kevin Stefanski, what an impressive year last year. 
Yep. Uh, coach of the year. Uh, Well-deserved. Um, guess major bummer that he didn't get to coach them in the playoff game, but uh, obviously they didn't really need him. Um, oh, yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah. It yeah. worked out for them. That worked yeah. out for them that game. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that. If, if, if you can't tell, Dustin's a huge Steelers fan, so this is going to be a painful one for him to talk about. First playoff appearance in 20 years, first playoff win in 25 years. So, listen, that organization, the fan base, they deserve it. They've suffered as the lasting stock of the league for God knows how long, but amazing job. They look like they're building a, you know, a threat in the North. It's about time. Um, But since you started with Odell Beckham, what are your feelings on Odell Beckham? Because honestly, I, I never really liked him. I think he's a major head case poison in the locker room. I think as soon as he left, Baker looked more comfortable throwing the football, played a lot better, the whole team as a whole. I just think what he brings to the to the roster is more more bad than good. And I honestly think they might want to consider uh, maybe making him a cat casualty. Definitely probably next year. I don't see him. I just don't see him, you know, staying out of the media for anything positive, you know, between the watch on the wrist while you're playing, the joker cleats. It's just nonsense after nonsense and nothing he brings to the table you know, that can help them, that'll outdo, you know, the bet. That's my opinion. His uh, his words make it sound like football is first for him, but I think all of his actions say otherwise. Uh, like you said, just the watch on the wrist, and he gets in trouble for that. He does the mm-hmm. necklace and, and the cleats and whatever the case may be. You know, but all that, even with all that, I mean, man, that year he had with the Giants, a few so years, really, were, were, were very legendary. He's had a lot of injuries since then. And it, I think it's hard for him to be the same player. At, not that he's old, but I think his body is old considering the injuries he's gone through. And if you're not going to be that great player, I don't know if the headache is worth it or not. Maybe he's been humbled after missing so much time and just not really getting back to that player he was at the Giants. I think he came to Cleveland thinking he was going to get back there easily, and he hasn't really come close to being that uh, premier of a receiver like he was you know I think for the Browns they looked good last year looked as clearly a running team which we're going to talk about but sure. you know they have Jarvis Landry who's probably the, the best or one of the best lot receivers in the league uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones it's, it'll be interesting to see how he grows clearly he's a deep threat right now uh, and he was last More year than that. He, he was actually he was a uh, number one recruit coming into college and uh, he didn't fare well in Michigan because of um, they had, they had pretty bad quarterback play. He just never got, you know, his feet under him and he had a rough go at the college, but he was still drafted based off the talent and he showed it last year. I mean, he wasn't really supposed to be on the field and most of the games that he got on the field, it was like last minute switches. So because right. when they had the, you know, they had the COVID outbreak and they had some other issues with wide receiver, but back to Odell Beckham for for a sec, you know, yes, they are going to be a running team. Is he going to be able to accept that role where he's not seeing the targets like your premier receivers, like Julio Jones and Michael Thomas and Stephon Diggs? He's not going to see that volume. So I think that's what he wants. But again, that's not going to put this team where they need to be when you have 
in my opinion, probably the best natural running back in the league in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they definitely have the best offensive line in the league. They built this team as a running team. It's nice to have the weapons, but if you could just shut up and play football. Yeah, I listen, I, I don't disagree that, you know, he's definitely a guy that has wanted those targets. I don't know if he still does. I, if you're a competitor, you, sh- you should want those targets and you should demand those targets. The way I see it is, you know, obviously he has to buy in. He can't be a team cancer. He can't be a distraction to the team. But let's pretend that they cut him already. And look at this receiver depth chart. You have Jarvis Landry. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones. They re-signed Richard Higgins. I like Higgins. You, yeah, I like him too. But if you looked at that depth chart without Odell Beckham Jr., I think you would look at it and say, they need to sign a receiver. They need to really draft one high. They need an explosive talent there, even being a running team, to take that pressure off the run. So I don't mind him being on the team this year. Uh, sure, next year he's not going to be on the team. I, I think we both know yeah. that unless something crazy happens and he plays out of his mind. But I, I think you should see what he's got this year. You already have him under contract. You're, it's, you're not going to be able to trade him. So, you know, I, I think he's perhaps a good addition to this team. It's hard to say Baker Mayfield is going to be a better quarterback without Odell Beckham Jr. than with. I'm talking about the player. I'm not talking about the personality. Uh, I, so I think the talent, it's, I it's agree worth with keeping you. around. I agree with you there. But like we said, that this is a run team with Nick Chubb and Hunt. They made it very clear. Their offensive line is stacked from left all the way to right. Um, Wyatt Teller is making a case to be the best guard in football. He had an amazing year last year. Uh, his numbers were off the charts. Um, he basically, you know, he did. He only played 11 games, but he made a huge difference when he was on the field, and it was a huge difference when he was off the field. Um, the, the Conklin signing was a tremendous uh, addition to the team, and it turned out tenfold for them. I think Tennessee was very, you know, I think it was a huge mistake letting him go. Um, <clears throat> from left to right, the, the line is just stacked and it's just going to get better. And We have to give kudos to uh, general manager Andrew Berry. You yeah. know, they had a stacked interior of the line. I mean, sure, we didn't even know how good Teller was going to be yet, but they knew they had a good interior of the line. They signed Conklin. They draft Wills. Both played at Pro Bowl levels last year. Will's a very impressive looking rookie. It's not even an opinion. I have to agree that this is the best offensive line in football. I don't even think it's really all that close. And like you said, you have Chubb, who I completely agree is probably the the best natural runner in the National Football League. You have Kareem Hunt, who plays great whenever he touches the ball, no matter how many times he has to touch it or not. Uh, I, I think that this offense is a well-oiled machine. And we, even though it's a running team, we haven't even yet talked about Baker Mayfield. He yeah. doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. But what is Baker Mayfield? He was, uh, I would call it, a very high-level manager last year. But, You're you know, right. second year with Kevin Stefanski, can he, can he take that next step? Well, the thing with Baker Mayfield, I think you're right about that. But for this team to go anywhere and be successful, he needs to be better than just a game manager. Um, and they're such a hot and cold team. You can't lose 30-point games to the Ravens and then lose to the Chiefs in the playoffs by five. Like, there has to be some type of consistency there with him. And 
I, I, I do think that the consistency started to happen midseason, and then, you know, he started to tail off a little bit again when they lost to the Jets. I know they didn't have any receivers and stuff like that, but you can't lose games like that. You need to take over games. You need to be aggressive. He's not – he hasn't been uh, – he wasn't an aggressive passer last year when it came to throwing the ball deep. I know they, scaled, they dialed back the deep targets that he was throwing from the year before. Um, what helped him the most was – uh, how much time he had to throw the ball. Anything that whenever he was uh, rushed, his numbers would decline tremendously. But any, whenever he had time, just like he did when he was in Oklahoma, when he has time, he's amazing. And he, he shows his, his abilities, why he was drafted number one overall. Right. Pinpoint accuracy. Exactly. So once, once he starts hearing footsteps, then it turns the other way. And I think, like you said, the general manager in this organization, they knew that. So they, they put this line together for Baker Mayfield. Now he needs to do his job and he needs to be more consistent and play like a number one overall pick. If he does that, I think this team will be, you know, I think they could start making more noise than they already did, but it really comes down to him. He really needs to be more consistent. If he did play a little bit better, they might've would have beat the chiefs last year in the playoffs. And that's basically what I, what I think about them. It's too much hot and cold. He needs to be consistent for this team to be a super bowl contender. Well, and also and when you say consistency in hot and cold, you know, what I think of is, listen, sometimes you're going to go up, up against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and you could be in a 14-0, 21-0 hole really quickly. Exactly. It's, it's going to be difficult to come back from that if you are just running the ball, if they're not going to respect your ability to drive the ball down the field. So, you know, again, going back, if Odell Beckham Jr. has a bounce back year, it could be big for them. Baker Mayfield's second year in the offensive system, which is the first time I believe he's ever been in a second year in an offensive system in the NFL. So maybe Kevin Stefanski, maybe he's stripped everything back and started to build anew, and maybe he keeps building and takes that next step. Uh, hope not. So, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes for Baker. Uh, yeah, of course you hope not, uh, because this is a very dangerous team. We just went through the dangerous offense, but you know, speaking of the trouble of going down 14-0, 21-0. You know, this defense is not at the level of this offense. They have some really good players, but they have a lot of holes as well. Yeah. Uh, well, they have, uh, I think, a perennial defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. He's right, of course. an absolute beast. And I also think Denzel Ward is probably going to be one of the best corners in the league, if not already. Probably already is. I do like their safeties, too. Um, they have two of the best. They probably have one of the best safety tandems in the league. They just signed John Johnson. John Johnson, saw that. And they're going to pair him with Ronnie Harrison, who had a very good year last year. So uh, they also just brought in Ricardo Allen. I know they like to run a lot of three safety uh, defenses. They keep three safety. Joe Woods made sure that that was going to be a point of emphasis, that they were going to run a lot of three safety dime defenses. Yeah. So the thing with this team is, uh, like you said, they do have talent, but they need to put it together. You could be the best player in the world, but if what you have around you is not, you know, holding their own bargain, you're not going to win a lot of games on the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. I do question, I do question the signing of uh, Tack McKinley. I don't get it. I don't know why they would bring that type of player in here. Uh, he's got a lot of baggage with him, a lot of red flags. I mean, it's not the signing that I would have made. There's, there were other players out there that I probably would have looked at. So. But. I think they wanted bodies. I'm not sure. I mean, we talked about this. We just talked about the secondary with the strong safety duo 
We talked about Denzel Ward. They signed Troy Hill, who I think is going to be a great third corner for them, or, or you know, certainly above average. Greedy Williams? Question mark. You He's know, we'll see back. how we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, but Grant Delpit too is coming back too. Right, he's probably going to end up playing that third safety role for them when oh. they run that dime defense. Um, but my concern is not the secondary. My concern is the front seven, which is weird to say when you talk about Miles Garrett being one of the best overall players in the NFL. You know, uh, along that defensive line, they have Sheldon Richardson, uh, <laughs> former rookie of the year with the Jets, which seems ages ago. But know. you know, he's a he, but he's a good player. I really thought he was going to be a great player, but but he's a good player to have, you know, the linebackers, they're bringing back Malcolm Smith, who is up there in years. I think they only brought him back because it was pretty cheap to do so. Super Bowl MVP, man. Yeah, that was a long time ago and questionable if he deserved it during that game, but, but fine. And, you know, the, they brought in Anthony Walker from the Colts, who I actually like a lot. I think he wanted a more prominent role and he's going to get it here, but you know, that second level of the defense, uh, the linebacker level is going to be it's it's going to be questionable it's, in my opinion. It's a little soft. And it's a little soft, and I don't think having two players I like Garrett and Sheldon Richardson on the lines enough. I, I think, like you said, Tank McKinley. I don't love that signing. I, I think they need a lot more depth there. So I fully expect the draft to focus on the defense here. Agreed. Any last thoughts on the Browns? What I will say is uh, I think this is just a really strong core of a team. We talked about how great and just thorough they are on offense on every position up and down. It's They're not going to be a team that anyone wants to play, especially when they're hitting their stride and the offensive line gels as they already have and continue to do so. So I think they could potentially win the division. We'll talk at the end of the show uh, as we go through this on what our predictions are for this, but Hey, it's weird to say that the Browns are a model of consistency and a good team. It's been a long time. So like you said, Browns fans, you deserve it. But now we're going to leave the Browns. We're going to go, let's go to your, to the Baltimore Ravens, a team that man, if you guys can see Dustin's face, he Dustin, how much do you hate this team? Just, just be honest. I can't stand them. I hate everything about them. What do you call them? Rat birds, baby. The rat birds. So Ravens fans, I don't know. Find, find Dustin on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram and uh, tell Dustin what you I'm think. Keep of the real, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it real with, with this team. I'll, I'll I'll be honest and upfront. Be honest and upfront. Let's hear it, Dustin. Make a well, statement. I think they got you know a huge talented quarterback. He's a special player. There's not many players that have that type of ability. I mean, he makes plays that when you see it, your your jaw hits the floor. I mean, back to back 1,000 yard seasons. Never been done before. Uh, rushing thousand yards. It's never been done before in the league. Who's a more uh, dynamic runner, him or Michael Vick? I knew you were gonna ask that. Uh, I still have Vick ahead of him, um, but the run that he had last year uh, was quite amazing. I don't remember who it was against, but it was late in the year, and he just—it was a Vick type play. And when I saw and he that, had even more of them the year before. Uh, It's—I—I yeah. I think he's actually a more dynamic. Uh, runner than Vic. I think he's a, a more dynamic player than Vic. And, well, you know, and, he, and he's a different he's still game. Young. He's still young and getting better. Not overall the greatest year last year, obviously a step back from the MVP year. Do you think he gets back to that MVP level? Do you think this is kind of who he is where it's going to be a little hot and cold with these wild flashes or is it somewhere in between? Uh, I don't think he'll be an MVP again. Um, 
I think that was kind of it. These types of quarterbacks, well, there's not types. He's one of a kind, but they don't last very long. Um, this is a very short window. You can't expect a quarterback like that to play like that every game for seasons at a time. Uh, the, the, the pounding that these guys take is a lot, and we've seen that before. It doesn't last. So I think the Ravens ought to, you know, take – consideration of that and might want to start doing other things. I know they listen, this team runs more than any other team in the league. Um, they ran uh, almost uh, it was like a, 1100 carries in two years. That's way beyond any other team in the league. Just wild. Yeah. So I think Tennessee was behind them and it's not even close. It's like, but are you going to say they should scale back his running and up his passing? Well, I'm going to get into that. And uh since you mentioned it, um, yes, I think if a team like this, I mean, let's 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 ask ourselves a question. They get to the playoffs, and what happens? They get blown out by the Chiefs. There's a reason for that. The Ravens' whole offense is designed to run the football, keep the ball in their possession, get the win, and get out of dodge. When you play the Chiefs, the Chiefs are putting up 30, 35 points. If you can't keep up with the Chiefs because your offense is – listen, they're a powerful offense, but they don't throw. So the Chiefs are going to throw. You, you can't run the ball. You have to play catch-up, and they just don't have the power to do it. And we've seen it. And listen, they not to go into defense too too early, but when, with their defensive scheme, they, they, they rely on the pass rush. They rely on scheming blitzes. Mahomes picks that apart better than any quarterback in the league. So when he plays the Ravens, it's like a short bet at this point. So for, if you're going to beat teams like that with the Bills – offense picking up steam now those are the teams you need to worry about you could beat up on the, the browns and the Bengals and the, and the other bad teams during the year but once you get to the playoffs you need to beat those teams and the only way you're going to beat them is by scoring points through the air yeah i hear all that i think what i struggle with is when you hear these teams saying we're going to take this generational talent that does this one thing exceptionally well and is good at everything else. And we're going to scale that back and try to force them to do more of the things he's good, but not great at. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be that great passer. I think that MVP year, I think was, I don't want to say an anomaly because that discredits him too much, but I think that's probably going to be his high watermark as a passer, especially with more tape on him. And I think that showed last year. So also, you know, when you talk about the injuries, would you rather six, seven years of Lamar Jackson as the rookie? Or would you rather, you know, 10 to 12 years as the Lamar Jackson last year when in the beginning of the year they didn't know if they really wanted to let him lose so much with the run? So, you know, I think you got to let him do his thing. Yes, he has to improve as a passer. Yes, they need more of a passing attack to keep up with teams like the Bills and the Chiefs, and we should talk about their pass catchers right now. But I, I think you have to let Lamar Jackson be Lamar Jackson. If he's going to be an MVP again, which maybe you, you say he won't be, but if he's going to be close to it, it's going to be because he's rushing for 1,000 yards. He's yeah, not he also gonna throw to he, was, he had good numbers throwing the ball the year before last year. Yeah, I, just, I think that was his high watermark. And, you know – if he look, if he could get close to that, I, I think I don't remember his touchdown rate that year. And I wish I could pull that stat out right now. But, you know, the quarterbacks, you know, once they start getting to a touchdown every, you know, X number of attempts, 
you could see over their career what they end up being. And I think that's going to end up being that outlier as the quarterbacks tend to have. They tend to have that high watermark and that low watermark, and they're always going to regress back to the mean. And mm -hmm. I just personally, I think that was his high watermark, but he's a young player. He can improve. But how can he improve when his receivers are Marquise Hollywood Brown, who I love? I mean, what do you think of Hollywood Brown? Is he a bad receiver? Or is we this just not the offense for a receiver? I got a fun stat for you. There's only been one team in the whole entire league that has less 1,000-yard receiving seasons in the last decade than the, than the Baltimore Ravens. Do you know who that team is? You know oh, them very be, well. It has to be the New York Jets. It's exactly the New York Jets. I'll I mean, give it you will a, never be them again with Corey I'll give Davis. you a hundred. They don't, the Jets have only had two receivers. The Ravens have had three. I'll give you $100 if you can name all three of those receivers. Three receivers that hit 1,000 yards? In the last 10 years. They've only had wow, three receivers. I want to win this $100. 1,000? Oh, man, they don't Not really have Who is it? It's Steve Smith. Uh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Tory Smith. I was going to say Tory Smith. This is the best one. Kamar Aiken. He so, had 1,000 yards? Exactly. So what I'm getting to is – Good stuff. And this is, this is interesting because every year all I hear are Ravens fans saying, we need a receiver, we need a receiver. Why would a receiver want to come here? No receiver would want to go to Baltimore. We just saw Juju turn it's money true. down from them. The reason why he's turning money down from them because he knows – he plays another good year in Pittsburgh with Big Ben at the quarterback. He's going to get a payday the year after, much more. So, well, we'll talk. We'll we'll talk about that. But, but you know, it's funny, and, and you bring up a good point from Juju's point of view. Yeah, if you're not going to get the targets anywhere near like you're going to get in Pittsburgh, it's not going to make you a lot of money. From the Ravens' point of view, he's a perfect fit here. You have a deep threat in Hollywood Brown. You need that guy oh. besides Mark Andrews who, let's just cover the tight end now, one of the best tight ends in the league, obviously, uh, after Kittle and Kelsey, it, it's Mark Andrews. He's, he's the next one there. I disagree um, with that. Okay. Well, you're biased because it is him. But, uh, That's you know, why, I, but I think that they, they do need that possession receiver. And you're right. Maybe they aren't going to want to come here unless, you know, the money's good or the Ravens draft them. I so, mean, they're running, they're running 600 carries a year. There's not going to be the targets. And listen, Marquise Brown is an amazing talent. I've scouted him heavily when he was coming out. He's very small, but he's a burner that can catch and he could fly all over the place. And the targets are not there. And then you, they, you know, they draft all these slot weapons. They don't have a, they don't have room for a number one receiver. And the last time they had a possession receiver was probably Anquan Bolden. I haven't seen anything there wow, since. That's a long time ago. So, I mean, and they won the Super Bowl that year. So, different offense, but I'm just saying, I don't think a receiver is with this team. Their offense is, is not based around having one of those. It's just not. True, but but I do think that with, sometimes they need to move the chains other than L. Jack's throwing deep or him taking off. They have Mark Andrews, who is just constantly double-covered. I think they need someone else in the middle of that field, even if they're not going to be used much. It's not going to be good for that receiver, but I think it's going to be good for this offense. But you mentioned how many carries and how many yards for the rushing uh, ability of this team. And it's not just L Jacks. They have JK Dobbins, who I think is a phenomenal talent. 
Uh, everyone heard them say, oh, we, we would be crazy not to take him in the second round after we had a first round grade on him or whatever it is, the quote that uh, general manager Eric DaCosta said. So I think he's a great talent. There's a reason Mark Ingram was benched towards the end of last year. I think he's only going to get better this year. I like Gus, Gus Edwards a lot too. He's too. a good player. I like Gus Edwards. I almost said I'm a Gus Edwards fan, but I had to catch myself. Uh, <laughs> you caught yourself. We won't count you saying you're a Gus Edwards fan. Don't worry. Um, yeah, they have tremendous talent in the backfield between Dobbins. Uh, he's a great all-around player. Gus Edwards is a, is a, is a bus. You know, he's not Jerome Bettis, but he's a bus over there. Hard-nosed, so, tough football player for yeah, sure. Yeah, he gets – he eats up the three and a half yards that you need. Third down, perfect. Gets through the goal line to score. So, yeah, I mean, that's – They're going to keep J.K. Dobbins fresh. It's It'll be fun to watch them. However, do you think – they're going to be able to have the same success. There's been some, you know, everyone knows the Ravens as defense and for years now, a strong offensive line, but there's a lot of turnover there. They have uh, Ronnie Stanley, hopefully coming back from injuries. I mean, those were some pretty serious ankle injuries. Right after he signed that big contract. too. Right after that. But man, I mean, he's all world player deserving of that big contract. So I hope for his sake that he can come back to full strength, but, We'll see if he comes back to being the player we remember. I mean, ankles on the offensive lineman, you know, we'll see. It's a lot of weight to carry, and they need to be moving fast. They return their left guard and their right guard. They lose the center, who, okay, fine, wasn't the strongest player, but the one I'm most concerned about is Orlando Brown Jr. Of course, he wants that left tackle money. He's not going to get it after they gave it to Ronnie Stanley. They've given him permission to seek a trade. It seems almost like a slam dunk. He's not going to be on this team which is crazy. I mean, that's he, you know, he stepped in huge when Stanley went down. He's rightfully so. He looked a lot more comfortable playing left tackle. So I get what he's saying and he wants to play his natural position. Uh, Cause and when he played right tackle the year before, it, you know, he didn't have such a great year and he saw the success he had back going to his, his natural position. I get it. But I mean, is this the way we're going to run sports now? It's just, you know, you're paid to do a job, and now you're, you're saying, I want to play or I'm leaving. I think I'm it's surprised they, they're not making him finish the contract and then just let yeah. him walk and let him get paid. But uh, I'm surprised, you know, it's not like they have a replacement there ready to go. Uh, I, I, although, let's face it, they're going to get probably some serious compensation. I think at worst, a second rounder, maybe even a replacement. I'm hearing, right a, late, I'm hearing a late first. I mean – I could see it. It's you know, it sucks. I mean, not to jump ahead, but the Steelers need a tackle, and I would trade my first round pick for him. Yes, now. yes, they do. And we will. But obviously, that's not going to happen because it's a division, our biggest rival in the whole time. No, that's, those trades are not going to happen. It's very rare. Uh, but so we'll see how it works out for the Ravens with the offensive line. They I haven't see been that the same since. The they draft. haven't been the same since Yonder left. He was right. the hard. He was the heart and soul of their offense. He was there for the MVP year that Lamar had. Uh, they, they obviously had serious holes there last year. It showed. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to address this because this is this is their nucleus. Their offensive line is what makes them go. And if they It's can't- supposed to be. But, uh, you know, when you think of the Ravens, you do think of defense. So mm-hmm. let's go head over to the defensive side of the ball. We spent a good amount of time on the offense. Uh, Calais Campbell is an all-world player still, still playing at a super high level. Brandon Williams, great defensive lineman. So they, they re-signed Derek Wolf. Uh, I do like this player. I'm going to butcher his name. I, so I had to write it out. Hmm. Marubuki. Marubuki. 
Um, oh, of course, Matabuke. So I think they have a strong defensive line uh, leading this defensive unit. I bet you do. Well, uh, do you not? I mean, have you seen how old they are? Yeah, but Clive Campbell, you can't put his age on him. And like also, Brandon, Brandon years Williams, he's, he has his job. He's going to play Listen, in the middle, and, and he's going to just be a space eater. But they lost to Darius Smith last year, and now you lost Judon this year. So those That's are, those are your to. two main pass rushers. And I'm concerned about the pass rush. Yeah, and so am I. Uh, Eric Wolf is not a pass rusher at this stage of his career. And no, he's had injury. He's been injured for a lot of injuries. Of his career. He had a serious neck injury. Uh, Calias Campbell is not really injury prone, but he's getting older. I mean, at some point, these guys will break down and go the other way. Um, Derek Wolf is not young. Calias Campbell, not young. Brandon Williams, not young. There's someone else that I'm missing that's on that uh, that line. But uh, even their secondary. I mean, Humphrey's amazing, but Peters is getting up there. He's still playing at a high level. Oh, Pernell McPhee, the guy played on their Super Bowl. Oh, right. He, yeah, he's, he's, like, he, he's that's, gonna that's your staff. pass rusher. That's who they – They have a big problem with pass rusher. Look, they do have Marlon Humphrey, who is a top five corner in this league. So, you know, I, Marcus Peters is a ball hawk. He's still playing at a high level. They have Tavon Young in the slot. Their safeties are fine. They, they do their job, I guess. When, you have, when you're behind strong cornerbacks, it's going to make you look better. But we are going to really see if the people behind Marlon Humphrey can hold up their end of the bargain. We'll see if Marcus Peters can hold up his end of the bargain when you're not getting to the quarterback, which I think is going to be a glaring hole for them. I'd be shocked if they're one of their two first round picks is not a pass rusher. Well, uh, yeah, they, you know, not to, to the old guys, whatever, but they still have Jalen Ferguson. There's a lot, to, a lot of room for improvement. Um, I also think they might want to, you know, jump outside and test this market. There's a lot of pass rushers still out there. Melvin Ingram's still out there. Uh, Carrigan's still That would still be a good there. signing. Um, Jadavian Clowney's still out there. So, you know, he's not like an elite pass is he, rusher. But is he the pass rusher there? No. But I honestly have always thought he'd be a perfect fit for this team if they had pass rushers, but they don't. So I think they might want to go outside of that and maybe look at like a Dunlap or a Kerrigan or – or Melvin Ingram, I think, would fit perfect here. That's a lot of names that have a lot of sacks uh, over the years. I mean, all elder statesmen, but I, I think they probably do need to bring someone in like that. They're probably waiting for a bargain to do that because of their cap situation. But I still think they're going to use a high ra- uh, draft pick for sure on a pass rusher. You know, uh, Patrick Queen from the linebacker position, great player in LSU. I didn't like him there either. You know, I don't know how I feel about him. You watch him and he flies around and you could see it. He's long, he's fast, but I don't know that. And then he just doesn't seem to finish his plays. He was a rookie last year. Let's cut him some slack. It's, it's not an easy transition, uh, but I think that's going to be huge for them if he takes a big step. And I think that's going to be huge for them if he does not take a big step, because again, with the lack of uh, a Judon and players like this next to you, he could either be more exposed or he's going to flourish. So I think the defense is uh, not what we remember them being. I don't think they are going to play as well as they have in years past, but Hey, they're, they're well coached by Martindale. The scheme works, you know, they're still going to be an aggressive defense. They're, they're still going to make noise. Don't you see them going the other way? It looks like it, but we'll see. It hasn't really happened yet. 
but they, but then again, they had Jude on last year. They, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but you know, this is a good offense. It's a good enough defense. It, it's really going to be on Lamar Jackson. If he has closer to an MVP year, they could go far. And if he doesn't, when you look at the roster top to bottom, like we just did, it doesn't give you the feel of that roster that says, Oh, this team is, does not have a lot of holes and is just going to be there at the end. It, yeah. it doesn't feel like that kind of roster. So they're going to need their best players to play great. Like Lamar Jackson, uh, maybe even like a big breakout from uh, the NWO Hollywood Brown wrestling reference. Everybody drink. <laughs> we, we should do that music. That wouldn't be bad either. Uh, so we'll see. 2021 Ravens mixed bag, I think, is kind of where we're leaving them. Mixed bag of rat shit. Well, let's let's go to a not a mixed bag. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Bengals fans, I'm sorry, because you were the laughing stock of the league for a long time to put Marvin Lewis down. But he did bring a lot of stability to this organization. They continually improved. They drafted well. Uh Sure, your owner Mike Brown's not going to pay anyone, or, or is he? He's going to have weird years where he pays yeah. not great players. But my point is, I'm sorry, Bengals fans, because when we go through this roster, I think I'm looking at one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Why oh, you're kicking them harder than I was going to? Yeah, I, 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 I'm really shocked. I, look, let's just go through it. You got your your star quarterback almost killed and I hope he comes back uh, to full strength and has full abilities because, you know, aside from you reading for the Steelers, I think everyone really likes Joe Burrow and wants him to succeed. I do. Probably that college year he had LSU. Where would you rank that? That was the greatest college season I've ever seen for, well, I mean, Tim Tebow, I have a soft spot for, but. You uh, and me both, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, but not the same from a passer perspective. He did things on film for, for, for a player, you know, in that situation, being so young. The ball placement was the best I've ever seen. The QB vision was spot on. Uh, his poise in the pocket I, it was better than I've ever seen. He just had he, – he basically filled the whole all, – all circles for me. Um, and the sad thing is I started seeing it evolve last year. As as he progressed, and he was doing it with no offensive line, and like you said, they got him killed. And I just feel for him because I know he's like excited to be a Bengal and everything, but this is not the team that's going to support you enough to put you in a position to be successful. Uh, that's why Carson Palmer left, and um, this team and got out of here. Yeah, to get out of here, just and, to get uh, out of this place. So it's just, like you said, they don't really sign anybody. I, I can't remember the last time they made like a big signing, maybe like. Oh, oh, we'll go through some some signings they made when we get yeah. to the defense because they made some weird signings last year that, that have not worked out for them. Uh, and, and then they refused to pay their players, which is uh, a weird yeah. philosophy. But and let's, let's kind of Burrow's kind of lining up to be one of those. They'll have some well, success here. Yeah, if, you're, if, if you're Joe Burrow, then if, if you if they can't build this roster quick and he gets to his third or fourth year and he's still running for his life, sure, no one can blame the kid for not wanting to be there. So Bengals, you know, it's up to you. Guy to, almost lost his leg. It's, it's up to you to 
keep this guy. Uh, you, you've seen how it goes. Look at Watson. I mean, okay, this is that's a different situation, but you can't just alienate your best player and just say, oh, we have this best player, so let's take care of everything else and not take care of him. Uh, let's talk about this offensive line. We, we keep kind of saying how they're bad, so let's call them out for it. Jonah Williams, high draft pick. Listen, it's early in his career. Uh, Give the him returns, a doubt. It's a tough spot to come in and, and do well right off the bat. Tough spot. The returns are not promising thus far. But let's get, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he evolves into an above average left tackle. You know, what, what I see here is uh, they have a lot of band-aid signings this year to really huge holes. They signed Riley Rife. It's not a bad band-aid. He's going to play right tackle here. I imagine. Could have done uh, better. They could have done better, but it's a band-aid because going into this off season, they had, Jonah Williams, they had Hopkins at center who tore his ACL week 17. So he says he's going to be ready, but that's kind of hard to imagine. And that's it. They had no one else on the offensive line. So they signed Rife, who's I think going to play right tackle. They signed Spain, a guard who's going to take He's up there the already, and they got rid of him. You're right. And, and now they're re-signing him. I still have no idea who's going to play the other guard spot for them. I mean, let's not forget the draft pick that they spent on Billy Price. Right, man. And that, is, that, that was a waste. That's not turning into anything. So, you know, considering that they didn't sign, I thought they might actually, because of Joe Burrow, I thought maybe if they could, they would go hard after after uh, Lindsley, who left the Packers. But they were going to um, go after Thune, maybe. That, that would maybe Thune, right. I, I thought they were going to be players on the offensive line, but they turned out to not be. So I think some serious draft capital is going to have to go there. Before we actually go on the other positions, uh, I think uh, – that the entire world has to agree that if Penny Sewell is there, I mean, I know we're not doing our draft talk yet, but if he's there when they pick, I mean, what a miracle that he just fell into their lap. I mean, I know you signed right, but you have to take this guy, right? I have to take him. Um, but, you know, not, not just that. They're, they're, like you said, they haven't signed any interior guys. And, like, you, you have Joe Mixon there for what? Like, you're not – Talk about feeling bad for a player. I think Joe Mixon is one of these players where I think he's a great player and we're never going to see it. I mean, he's had some good years, uh, but also they're, but they're beating him up. And by the time he gets out of here, you know, running backs on second contracts, uh, they've used and abused them. I don't think they use them the right way. I mean, you go back to what he was drafted for. I kind of thought he was a jacked Le'Veon Bell. He's a great pass catcher and they don't throw him the ball. Yeah. So you have our Bonnie Bernard still there. Is he there? He's been there for like a hundred years. He's been there forever. A former first round pick from, I don't know, a long time ago that never really panned out, but he's a contributor. So yeah, they're throwing him the ball instead of Mixon, which, you know, I think Mixon should have been a, a true bell cow could have taken a lot of pressure off that offensive line with dump offs. But now at this stage, I kind of feel like the injuries are adding up for Mixon. I think he's still a good player, but I, I think he's definitely past his peak and, and he's just going to keep getting beat up when he's getting hit two lines, two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, let's go to the receivers for Joe Burrow. Cause we're focused on all the support for Joe Burrow. We talk about Mixon should try to take as much pressure off as he can for him. The offensive line's not great. Let's talk about the receivers. Uh, it's the one bright spot on this team that I actually do like. Um, I think that uh, finally John Ross is off this team. Another disaster pick. I think he was the ninth overall pick. What a dis- I mean, he I can mean, run fast. That's it. So, um, that's it. 
he's gone. I think uh, AJ Green is obviously the best receiver to ever wear a Bengals jersey. He's gone, and I think and cut. I think he was cut. Uh, we'll he, see. We'll see in Arizona. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, he's got someone that could, you know. So, I'm a huge T. Higgins fan. I loved him in college. He was my, I think he was my second ranked receiver. Come T. Higgins will be able to, you know, take over. I think as the number one, even over Boyd. I like him better than Boyd. I also like Auden Tate. I know he's not like a household name, but. I was also a big fan of his when he was coming out. He got drafted really late, but whatever. I, I, I think that these three guys um, will make – I think Burrow will have a, a fun time throwing to these guys, especially Higgins. He's a big frame. Uh, he's got huge uh, catch point ability. Not the fastest guy in the world, uh, but, you know – doesn't matter if you separate – Yes, he, the people say he can't, but I, I know he can because I've seen it, and he's a huge target, and uh, I'm just a big fan of his, and I think he could take off. But, you know, if Burrow's running for his life, we might not get to see the full potential of T. Higgins. Uh, Tyler Boyd is self-explanatory. He's had, you know, good years behind him. Uh, I know it was a little tougher for him when A.J. Green was not there, So, but uh, I think Higgins will be able to fill in for that. I, I think when you have uh, Boyd as your really like your only receiver, like he was at for the most of the last two years, I think it's puts too much pressure on yeah. a player like that and his playing style. I think if T Higgins can assume the number one spot as you seem to believe he can, and, and I do too, then I think Boyd is very well suited to play that uh, underneath route, uh, uh, that underneath role. I think he will lead this team in targets and receptions. And I think Higgins can have a great year as well. If, if Joe Burrow is back and takes a, a big leap forward. Uh, worth mentioning is that they had an offering to Galladay. I guess they, I can't blame them for not coming up to 18 and a half million a year. Um, Mike Brown was never going to pay that even. He paying anybody anyway. He's not paying anyone. So he wasn't going to pay Galladay 18.5 when no other receiver was making that. But I, think it's, but, but I think it's notable. I think, uh, you know, maybe you know something about Auden Tate that no one else does, but I do think they have a big need opposite T. Higgins. I, I think Holiday would have been a great fit if they could have pulled it off. And I, I expect that that may be, uh, well, I think it would be great if it was a focus in the draft, but this team has so many other holes that we're going to talk about uh, that they probably don't have that luxury, I guess. You know, the last piece of the offense I want to say is Drew Sample, tight end. You know, okay, he looked okay last year. He's young. And, like, you know, we've talked about how long it takes tight ends to develop. But let me paint this picture for Bengals fans that I think can make you salivate and get you a little excited after uh, we continue to trash this team. Imagine Sewell's not there. So there's an off- there's not an offensive lineman to reach for. Tight end is a quarterback's best, a young quarterback's best friend. Wouldn't it be a lot of fun to see Pitts come here with, with that unbelievable speed and frame from the tight end position and, and have T Higgins and Pitts and Boyd, I mean, you're talking all of a sudden about the best. I know he's a tight end, but the best, one of the best receiving corps in the NFL. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I love Pitts. I think he's going to be unbelievable. He, he, okay, he maybe my Gator bias is coming through a little bit. He looks good, um, but they're 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 not. I mean, maybe they take him at five. I, I think they might. I mean, I, the only way I think they don't is if Sewell's uh, there, because then they don't have a choice. But if Sewell's not there, and he probably won't be. 
uh, I think Pitts would be a phenomenal choice for this team. I've seen him really help Joe Burrow. I've seen him knock there a few times. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, it's definitely something to give Burrow another uh, target, a big target. Uh, He looks like a receiver more than a tight end. He's, He's an explosive player. But he's enormous. He is a big guy. Let me ask you, before we go on to the defense and uh, try to see what they patch together here, one more thing on the offense I think we need to talk about is Zach Taylor. What are your thoughts so far on what he's done in Cincinnati? Uh, I think Zach Taylor is going to be on the hot seat this year if this team struggles again, which I see them doing. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the top of this division. They're going to have a losing season again, and this will be year three. And Depending on how bad it is, uh, I think with the offensive line struggling wasn't addressed, I think that will be probably the breaking point for Zach Taylor. And I don't see him getting past this year. That's just my opinion. Uh, didn't work out. Probably won't work out. Wow, you heard it here first. Well, you know, he played, he coached under Sean McVay. He's a young guy. So, of course, everyone just wants to hire the young coaches under McVay and hope to catch that lightning in a bottle. But he just, it, okay, it's been bad teams, but he just hasn't shown anything thus far to show that he's going to be the reason why this team is playing well. It seems like if they're a mediocre team, they're going to be a mediocre team. I don't see him elevating this team in any way. You know, not to say that Andy Dalton is the savior. Uh, sorry, Bears fans. But, you know, he played worse under Taylor than he did the the year before Taylor was here. So, uh, we'll see. It's it's going to be about you, I mean, Joe Burrow, of course. Do you see this team winning more than like four? No. Games? Whatever number you're going to say, the answer is no. This team is really, really bad. Can, well, can we talk about point, this defense? Well, before we get into the defense, do you? I mean, is that worthy enough to keep your job? If Joe Burrow takes a big step forward, I think they're going to want continuity. I, we'll see. Can he take a big step forward? when he's running for his life. I, I don't know. I mean, look, maybe they signed two offensive linemen in the first two rounds and they, they play had great. a better offensive line. We might be talking different right now. And they don't. Very true. But you know, is that Zach Taylor's fault? Is, is he the one calling the shots no. here? I don't think so. So, you know, I think you have one of these organizations where, That's been you know, we always talk about teams. 20 years. I, I, exactly. And, and I think we talk about teams having identities from a player's standpoint and a scheme standpoint you also need to have that from a front office and how that flows to your head coach standpoint. I think the good teams have that. You have a clear leader as far as who's making roster decisions and you have a clear leader of who's making team decisions. And, and sometimes it's both like Belichick and he's doing everything. But here, I just don't see a lot of synergy between a really old, angry, grumpy Mike Brown and this young coach oh, he brought in that I, I think is a little in over his head. So yeah, you know, maybe the bottom. You know what the worst? Not the worst part of all of this is like you saw how bad the offensive line was. That should have been it, like enough to tell you. And then on top of that, this kid literally his leg was hanging over his shoulder, and that still yeah. wasn't still wasn't enough for you guys to fix the offensive line. Like I, I think everyone started saying as soon as he went down, for God's sakes, get this guy some help and. It's, it's amazing. They really didn't do anything. <laughs> they, they said no, you know, oh. and I don't understand it. As a Jets fan, I would kill for someone like Joe Burrow and would do anything I can to protect that man. And 
hey, you know, listen, we'll talk about them again after the draft and we'll see what they did. And Maybe they have one of those great one-two uh, offensive line picks, but, man, it's hard to see it. They haven't been able to pick right on the offensive line for some time. They didn't sign anyone, so we'll see. All right, let's get to the defense. So you have Carl Lawson, who is leading the league in pressures, and you let him walk, yep. and, and you give a lot of money instead, not to him, but to Trey Hendrickson, who out of nowhere had a big year. You're holding up number one because he is a one-year wonder. One-year wonder. Uh, listen, maybe he could repeat and be that late bloomer, but when you look at Need him the for that. analytics of it, a, a lot of his pressures happen to be sacks. And I, I think it's bizarre in 2021 that a franchise in the NFL uh, with the resources they have looked at Carl Lawson and Trey Hendrickson and said, nah, same thing. Because that's exactly what they said. But they paid they paid Hendrickson too. Yeah, they paid, that's what I'm saying. They could have given Lawson that money. Um, so I'm glad for the Jets that they're able to steal Lawson. I think he's going to have a great year. But uh, Trey Hendrickson, we'll see. You know, he also played on a great defense in New Orleans. and One of the most underrated not, defenses in the league. That's not what we have here. We have uh, DJ Reader on the defensive line. This is one of those players I was referring to before that they threw a bunch of money at last year. This has not worked out. No. So, I kind of liked them too, but, you know, I thought they overpaid. They overpaid. Uh, you know, he's okay. He's, he wasn't what they paid for. And I don't think he's the guy that's going to allow someone like Hendrickson to put up those kind of inflated stats. Yeah, we see your karma shirt. We're going to get to the Steelers. But, yeah, I think where the Bengals are in your T-shirt is where they're going to end up in this division all the way at the bottom. Right under Juju, baby. <laughs> yeah, because Juju's coming back. I'm sure, we'll get to that, too. Yes. And, you know, I will, I'll give them a little credit. They signed uh, – I'm. here's another one of those names. I'm going to do my best. Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. I do. Like him, too, but – it's this, this is just like I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're just throwing. They're just yeah, you know, I, throwing it I feel at. Like the they wall. should have focused more. I mean, they did focus on the secondary at least. If you want to get into those signings, sure, well, sure. Let's talk about it. I mean, well, first of all, let's say they got uh, Trey Wayne's coming off the pec injury, uh, but they gave him a lot of money last year, so they'll finally see what they have in him. Yeah. Uh, who else is playing corner for them? I know we're going to talk about the safeties, how good they are. Well, they're going to put Chidobe Ouzier from Dallas on the other side who they signed, and then they signed Mike Hilton from the Steelers. Who ah, right. They got your boy, Mike Hilton. I know you loved him. Fine. So, um, but good slot corner. Great slot corner. Um, physical slot corner. But, uh, again, this whole defense is, is different. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something we've seen them do in the past. I think uh, – Luana Rumo, the defensive coordinator, and Zach Taylor, I think they this is their push to get some wins under their belt so they're not fired next year, to be honest. I think that's what this is about. Um, that, I think they, you know, the defense struggled last year. They couldn't stop anything on the ground. And DJ Reader, like you said, you know, he's a talent, but they weren't able to stop anything. And, you know, I think one of the biggest problems with this defense is after the players that we've named, with Reader, um, Hendrickson, uh, Hubbard's there on the other end. They don't have anybody else. They're like one of the thinnest rosters on the defensive line that I've seen. 
Well, and, and, and it's not just that. So we talk about a thin defensive line with maybe some overpaid players that aren't great. Let's talk about when you get past that first line of defense and defensive line. I don't have anyone written down on my piece of paper for who's going to play linebacker for this team this year. Uh, because I don't think I believe in anyone there. Yeah, it's not it's not a great core. It is young. It's just the guys that have not developed. Uh, Wilson was one of them. I did like him, Logan Wilson. Um, Jermaine Pratt is there. Didn't they sign somebody? These are all Jags to me. But, and Jags means just a guy. I, I think yeah. these are players that made it to the NFL that should not be playing the amount of snaps they're going to be playing for this team. I think anyone that goes up against the Bengals is going to run the ball down their throat. And I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to stop them. It's really awesome that you have uh, one of probably the most underrated secondary player in the NFL and, and Bates, the third, um, Bates is you awesome, know, yeah. he, he's a really, really great player. You have, and I mean, too. You know, Von Bell's a very strong player for his position. You know, so, so you have those. You, ha you put together some corners and Hilton and Trey Wayne's coming back. But what good is it if you're not putting up points because your offensive line sucks and teams are running it down your throat? I, I just don't see the identity. I don't see the recipe for winning. And ultimately, I expect them once again to have a top five pick in the draft next year. Yeah, I mean uh... – this team just looks lost and they have been for a while. And uh, I see them at the bottom of this division next year and maybe beyond. Uh, Tough I, division. Yeah. Yeah. You have to build the right way in a division like this. Yeah. And, and they're not doing it. You can't stop the run. And, and, you know, when you're playing teams like the Ravens and the Browns, you're not going to win those games. Good point. Tough division uh, to not stop the run. Yeah, so I, I could see them. And by the way, that's an easy way to get worn down early in a season when you have to play uh, a 17 game, not 16 game season, since we're going to get the extra game this year. You know where so, Lou Anarumo's from? Do I know what? You know where Lou Anarumo's from? No. Staten Island. <laughs> oh, I, now I have to just look up one of his interviews and, and I have to hear him talk. Uh, Staten Island, please, New Jersey, take it away from us. But uh, my, uh, I have some friends that are not going to like that comment. So let's finish this with the Bengals. I think we both agree that if they don't have the top five pick in the draft next year, they're going to be pretty damn close to it. If they have a top five pick in the draft next year, do you think that's it for Zach Taylor and company? I would, uh, yeah. I mean, if they have a top five pick, they'll probably have four wins. Uh, but I don't, I got to see their schedule. I mean, they're playing the AFC North. I don't think they're going to get lucky again beating us. Hopefully not. Um, I don't see this team winning too many games next year. I mean, unless Burrow takes an amazing leap, but we might not even know if this, he's going to be back in time to play, you know, so. Right. And the season starts going down the toilet. Do you want this guy not at 100% out there? It starts to get into those weird situations where what do you do? Uh, but I will say this, if, if they do, if it does go that way, if Zach Taylor gets fired, I don't think it's going to be hard to find a coach that wants to come and yeah. install his system with Joe Burrow as your leader and quarterback. If they go that so, offensive, if they go the offensive head coaching route, which I think they would for Burrow's sake, but I, you know, it's a different day and age. I think finally, you know, teams are realizing that great coordinators don't necessarily make great coaches. Uh, I think the Jets are a good example in that and signing Salah, and I think that's happened more and more around the league. So. 
you know, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves talking like the Bengals already fired Zach Taylor. And, and I'm sorry, Bengals fans, we're saying that your 2021 season's already done. But, you know, that's what it looks like to me when you look when you look at this roster. So good luck. We'll see how it goes. All right, Dustin, we made it. We're at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brace yourself. I, I will try to rein you in. Uh, I definitely went off about the Jets on the last episode. So I think I'm just going to turn this mic over to you and I will do what I can to rein you in. First, a statement on last year's ending to their playoffs in embarrassing fashion. Go ahead. Uh, it's a loss that I'll never forget. Guys, he might cry. Let's see. It was the worst game I've ever seen as a Steeler fan, and I've been a Steeler fan for a very long time. And I will never forget that loss. Couldn't have been any worse. Don't ever want to replay that, and hopefully I never have to. Um, with that being said, I honestly didn't see this team beating anybody in the playoffs. Uh, so one-dimensional at the end of last year. Yeah, it's more than that, though. I mean, there's so many intangibles that went into – our struggles and uh, it's just, you know, I hear a lot of Mike Tomlin, this Mike Tomlin, that, and I, I get like very angry when I hear, I get angry. Really? Angry. I didn't know that. I think he's a great coach. Oh yeah. No, anything that ever goes wrong in Steeler country, it's Mike Tomlin's fault. So I just want that to stop. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous that anyone would ever say that, but it happens all the time. It's always on TV. They're always talking about it. Should he go? You know he's been there for 15 years now. He's I knew he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL. I know that his players absolutely love him and want to run through a wall for him. I know that we thought Antonio Brown was a normal human being and then once he left Tomlin, we really saw that he is actually an alien on another planet. So Ooh, hair. Uh, I'm actually I did not know that Steelers fans talk like that about Tomlin and they do. I think it it would be crazy for them to not keep him. Uh, you know, I mean, he's been there. I think he's been there just as long as Coward has been, uh, was there now. So now we're wow, talking, that's crazy. That's, yeah. that's why so we're, we're talking about a guy that's never had a losing season. Um, so that needs to stop. I mean, it's just ridiculous at this point. So what I want to talk about is the struggles that happened with us last year and how, um, basically this offense was designed. You notice how he says us. Yeah, I know. I got to stop saying that. So <laughs> Twelfth man on the field, man. You are I'm the twelfth man. man. You are the twelfth man. All right, come on, twelfth man. Sorry, you make a um, statement. So basically, this offense last year was designed to keep Big Ben upright, and this has been something that Bill Belichick perfected with Tom Brady: get the ball out quick, and hit your crossing routes, and go deep to keep the defense honest. That was our whole game. Which was plan. a big change for Big Ben. It was. Now, I've seen every Big Ben snap there has ever been. I've seen every game live. I've seen I believe it, it. every play in his entire career. So I, a lot of people are saying he's cooked and he's done and, and all this and that. Is that true? Maybe. But honestly, I, I, I think so. Exactly. So let me break this down for you now. So the last time we saw Big, play, Big Ben play – before last season was 2018, correct? Correct. And then, and then 2019, the season was over from the arm injury that he had. I think it was like that first half. 
So he comes into 2020 with a new offensive scheme, all new wide receivers. The only receiver that was still on the team from when he was in 2018 was Juju Smith-Schuster. So now he's playing with James Washington, never played with before. Deontay Johnson, never played with before. Chase, Chase Claypool, never played with before. Eric Ebron, never played with before. So he has all these new weapons to play with that he has to build chemistry with. I mean, anyone knows when Big Ben's on with a receiver, he's on because him and Antonio Brown literally had magic on the field. And I'll never see that ever again. And it breaks my heart to say that because Antonio Brown, you stupid shit. Why did you leave us? Moving on. You see what you did to my man, Steelers? You broke his heart. Broke my heart, man. So (laughs) he comes into 2020 with this new offensive plan. We can't practice the right way. The, the world has changed. We'd say that about every team. So it was, it was, it was a learning curve for him at, at 38 years old. Listen, it was a rough season, but we started 11 and 0. And regardless of what anyone thinks, that's not an easy task to do in this league. So building the chemistry that he had with these teams, he was missing here and there, throws here and there, but they were never really on the same page yet. So I think a lot of the struggles had to do with that. Let's face it, the whole world knows that we dropped a ton of passes last year. That definitely didn't help. So I think that was a huge uh, piece of this uh, struggling puzzle that we had. But what really changed everything for the Steelers was when they faced the Washington football team against Ron Rivera, who is a defensive-minded coach. and he, He exploited us, and that was it. And I, and I, you know, what's the crazy thing is I knew at some point someone would do it and he was the guy. What did he do? Well, what happened was every game when Big Ben was stepping back, he was throwing, basically it was an anticipate, he anticipated his throws because the whole idea of the offense was two step drop back. We had no running game. So nobody was fearing anybody running the ball when you're averaging three and a half, three and a half yards of carry. Dead last in the league. That's where we finished. So we never really got the running game going. In my opinion, they never actually put any confidence in the run game to get it going. I think they abandoned the run on the season way too early. I think they should have tried to establish it, even though they were struggling to do so. So when Ron Rivera came into town to play us, he basically started jumping in the routes and it was a disaster. It was an ugly game and we lost. And then who, who do we play the week after? Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott and Ron Rivera go hand in hand. The Bills destroyed us because they were like, we're going to jump the shit out of these routes. You, I saw Taron Johnson take a, take the ball to the house. He looked like the receiver on that play. So now you're completely lost. You don't know what you're doing. My Another big problem I had is I think the, the offensive coordinator, Randy Finkner, gave way too much power to Big Ben. Love Big Ben. He's my favorite player in the, in the whole league. Always will be. But he's an off, He's a quarterback, a quarterback, not an offensive coordinator. He should not have been involved in the play calling. He called his shot. He called his number way too many times. You can't have a quarterback throwing 600 passes a season or whatever it was when you're 38 years old. And, and this all ended when they played the Washington football team. And it was over after that. They never changed. They, they were not very impressive after that. It was too wow. late in the season. Wow. That was the statement I've been trying to get out of Dustin since since January. Uh, the, the home group chat will appreciate that we got the full statement on it. 
So thanks for just, you know, just sharing your heart with us. And it's, I know, I know you've been holding that in for a long season time. To save this team, you can't change your playbook week 12. It's just not possible. Like the Bengals, the Bengals, well, were, the Bengals were jumping routes. Man, that's crazy. When we talk about how bad Ryan the Bengals Finley. are, and, and they made them look like the best defense in the league. It was uh, that was a wild game as well. So you're right. It was after that game, it, it, nothing was the same, and they really weren't able to do anything beyond that. So it's not a surprise how they exited from the playoffs. Although that was still a very wild they first quarter. Well, Dustin, listen, I'll give you this. They almost came back too. I'll give you this. I think Big Ben surprised everybody. Uh, with the way he played last year. I, I think everyone thought he would be cooked. He was not cooked. Uh, like you said, he's throwing over 600 passes. He led the league in passing yards doing, in 2018. Looked, you know that, right? I do. I do remember that. So, you know, I, I think he looked good doing it uh, relatively up until, like you said, at the end when it started falling apart. I, I think Big Ben might be fine to give this one more run, but Dustin, let's talk about the 2021 roster. Do you think this roster is built to win a Super Bowl right now? Uh, well, the thing with, let's go through it. The thing with this team is, can they do it? I think they could beat anybody on any given Sunday. So sure they can. Yes. So can they the okay. Well, let's go through the roster. Yes, they let's go through the roster. The wide Listen. receivers. Let's start right there. Let's start with their strength. The wide receivers, they brought back Juju. How stoked are you about that? Uh, I think that's – there he is. So I think it was a great thing to bring him back for a year. Can uh, I go in Deontay on Johnson. Let me go in on Juju for a second. Go in on Juju, of, man. Say what you got to say. He gets a lot of slack for the dancing and all the, the stuff that he does. He gets a lot of slack, Bart Scott. A lot of slack for dancing and being an emotional player. But guess what? That's Juju. So if you don't like that, then don't be a fan. That's You know, I think – I think what's messed up is Juju's out there having fun with the game that he loves. And yeah. He's on TikTok a lot, but you never hear his teammates saying that he's a team cancer. No. I mean, the only reason that the it became a distraction with him dancing at every team's logo is just because the media kept talking about it. It's I don't think it's the craziest thing to go do a TikTok dance. I think we've seen players do a lot worse things in their personal lives. <laughs> Chase Claypool. TMZ video today, kicking a guy in the face, might get suspended, but uh, a, a phenomenal rookie year from Chase Claypool, uh, probably one of the better rookie wide receiver years we've ever seen, which is kind of wild to say when, you know, we've lived through Randy Moss and other great, Anquan Bolden and other great players like this. Uh, Juju, great player. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I don't have any problem with the dancing. I think he brings a lot of fun to this roster uh, yeah. in the locker room. I, I think they love him. And dances, Deontay Johnson. He's an emotional guy. He dances. I've seen him cry after fumbling. Emotional That's who dude. he is. He's an emotional guy. Just like our man Dustin, leaves, just an emotional dude. Leaves it all out on the field. Sure does. And Deontay Johnson, uh, I think, is actually probably one of the best route runners in the league. I think his drops, uh, he was able to eliminate those towards the end of the year. I think he's a really phenomenal great player the clear number one receiver on this team and yeah this is one of the best wide receiver cores in the league and you could see why they want big ben airing it out but they need some balance uh, i was never really a huge connor fan even when he had the good year 
Uh, I just don't think he's a very explosive player. Uh, I, I don't think he could handle a lot of carries without getting injured. He's not signed with anyone, so I'm wondering if the Steelers are going to bring him back. But uh, if they don't bring him back, where are they going? There's a God. And if this team ever listens to anything that I say, which they, they don't. I know. Um, they are win now. This is Big Ben's last year. And for the roster that we have, we need players that can come in and play now. Not a project, not something that's going to take two years to develop. They need to draft Najee Harris. And I think that needs to be the number one guy on their board. I'm usually not a guy to draft running backs in the first round. Yeah, I'm very surprised to hear this. So, but Najee I Harris. I get the logic. Najee Harris has game-changing ability. He's He reminds me of Eddie George when he used to play. Yeah. Good comparison. So, I'm a huge Najee Harris fan, and I think that he will be one of the best running backs in the league for years to come. And I think – I agree. Good. I like Harris a lot. The problem is I see a lot of uh, – I know they were scouting heavy on ETN from Clemson, who I don't like. And I usually don't get upset at any draft picks that the Steelers make because they're usually on point. But if they take ETN over Najee Harris, I might break something. So um, that, that, that's who I want. Uh, I love James Conner. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't think he got a fair shot. Uh, I think that, like I said before, I think they abandoned the run way too early on the season. And I think James Conner has way too many injuries under his belt, and I think it's time to move on. Uh, it was enjoyable watching him, but I just think they need to move in a different direction. Uh, they did draft Anthony McFarlane, but they kind of didn't really give him any carries. He had a, he had a couple of fumbles. I think that might add something to do with it. But hard to imagine he or Benny Snell are going to lead this team in carries this year. Who I think whoever is going to be the bell cow in this team is not on the roster yet, whether it's a rookie oh, or they sign Harris, someone off the veteran pile there. Dustin Watson Harris, man, that would be an interesting pick. I, I get the logic behind the win now mode. But, you know, even with Harris and and Big Ben releasing the ball quicker than ever, you know, I'm seeing a lot of similarities here in the offensive line between Baltimore and Big Ben. Uh, the Steelers are known for always having one of the best offensive lines in the league. Villanueva is not going to be back, and almost certainly, uh, Pouncey, is go Gators. Terrible? You think you think Villanueva's coming back? I mean, I don't know who else they're going to play at left tackle. So maybe they sign him, but he's up there in age. So that's that's a little bit of a dice roll. Uh, Pouncey, go Gators is gone. He's retired. So you know you have Feeler. He he was guard. He can go back to tackle. You have one of the best guards in the league at the Castro. Uh, you got back. I'm sorry. Filer's gone. I think they resigned him. He's on uh, Chargers. Oh, damn. All right. Edit that out. All right. Ready? Hold on. Say you lost him. Yeah. They lost Filer, who played guard here last year, could have played tackle. He signed with the Chargers. Uh, so you have a lot of holes on this offensive line, buddy. DeCastro, obviously, one of the best guards in the league. Banner's going to be fine to tackle on the, on the right side. But, I mean, man, th this could be big trouble for this offense, for Big Ben and the running game, if they don't do something about this offensive line, Dustin. And you're right. And it does it does make me nervous. Uh, 
Akora Four is probably going to start at left tackle. Uh, Banner will play right. Banner makes me nervous. Um, Cora Four is actually a good player. He's just a little bit undersized. So I've seen him get thrown around sometimes. So that makes me nervous to have both tackle spots making me nervous. He's going to be going against Kalias Campbell and Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Forget it. Miles Garrett's not old. Um, Yeah, the offensive line scares me. I think you said, you know, Villanueva. I, I don't think that ship has sailed yet. I know that they said already that he probably won't be back, but I don't think he's getting the attention that he thought he would get. So I think that door may be still open and I would, you know, maybe big Ben gets him on the phone and tries to lure him back in uh, to play, come back here. Uh, I think it would, would really help them with the continuity. They, they could really use a familiar face in that line because, you know, an offensive line can really just torpedo an entire offense, no matter how many skill position players you have. So, you know, if this team wants to go back to Super Bowl in Big Ben's last year, uh, they have to do something about this offensive line. They, they have to get they have to get Villanueva back, perhaps. But I think they may even need more than that. So we'll see. This has happened but to us let's before. talk about uh, Big Ben's the face of the team. But let's. What did you what? say? Cut out. You there? No, my internet's my internet's going out. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna say it again. I don't remember where I left off. So I think the offensive line is, you know, can really torpedo a team if you don't have it in place. No matter how many skill position players you have, so you know they'll bring back Villanueva maybe, but I think they may even need to do more than that. And I think that could be a big indicator on how this offense goes in 2021. Big Ben's the face of this team, but let's talk about the real strength of this team. Uh, I've, I've already given you a lot of slack for this offense, so let's go to some fun stuff for you. Uh, arguably the best defense in the league. Yes, and listen, we did lose Bud Dupree. Uh, we lost Steven Nelson. Um, Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton's gone too. But, you know, with Mike Hilton's departure, uh, Cam Sutton has played really well when he's been on the field, so I – I don't think that loss will be felt as hard as I agree. I think that, I think that's a fine swap. So uh, I, I don't, I, I, Bud Dupree was, was a great player and uh, he really, he came on a little later in his career, but he, man, him and TJ Watt were quite the duo and I'm going to miss him coming off the edge. And I remember him getting hurt when he, when they were playing Baltimore and I saw him go down and I'm like, he's done for the year and he's probably done as a, as a stealer. And it was sad to see because I knew he wouldn't be back. Um, but listen, they drafted uh, Highsmith from, uh, I think he was in Charlotte. I, I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of notes on him saying he played really well last year. Uh, Kind of don't agree with that. I mean, he struggled against the run, in my opinion, uh, from what I've seen. Um, even his pass rushing, he got in on some plays, but he he did look overpowered at some at some points. And I know he was a rookie, so I'm I you know, but I'm used to seeing Dupree on the field, so I'm kind of comparing him to that, which it's not fair, very fair. And this team always has great pass rushers. He's he's going to be the big guy. I mean, he's got a. He's going to be getting a ton of snaps next year. He's filling in. And he's got to take some pressure off a of lot, too. Exactly. Free up a lot for every, a one-on-one every once in a while. With that being but, said, uh, uh, Hayden is still there. I, I love Sutton. Justin Lane is going to start on the other corner spot, and hopefully he steps up big. 
Minka's still there. Watt is still there. Great player, Minka Fitzpatrick. What a steal, even for a first-round pick. What a steal they got to be a great able to trade. I was so happy when they made that trade. Um, Edmonds is coming along, but I'm not the biggest Edmonds fan. Um, but he he had he did play better last year than he did the year before. So it all comes down to the the, the core of the team is really Watt. Hayward and Minka, those and to it, those are the guys that. And once they're playing, everyone else just plays better. Hayward, I think, is the most underrated player in the league. Uh, he's just his numbers are, are are amazing. He plays, you know, he plays in your traditional three four defense, which not a lot of teams play anymore. And he still puts up numbers, and it's not easy to do coming on a three down lineman. You know, like Watt was playing, you don't see guys like that anymore. And I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Um, to it, also amazing player. If they could just keep these guys, I think our defense will reclaim the top spot. And I, the, the, listen, we we know how to get to the quarterback. So coming full circle, if our defense will perform the way it does, I think Big Ben can handle the offense. And I think they really need to. The reason why I keep saying going back to Najee Harris. You need a run game. You cannot win games without a run game. So we showed that last year. Dead last in the league, 85 yards a game. That's not going to cut it. So whether you want to get the ball out early, whatever it may be, can't do anything if you don't establish a run game. And we were always known for our run game. So watching this team struggle so bad like that, it, it like it was so hard to watch because you're three and out, you're three and out, you're three and out. And then you hit a big play, you hit a big play, you score. It's like, Where's the run game? You cannot establish an offense without the run game. You need to slow the game down a little bit. Like, oh, I'm so frustrated. Well, listen, like we said, uh, it's going to be one of the best defenses in the league once again. You know, if I could try to nitpick a hole here in the defense, I think Steven Nelson is a pretty big loss at the cornerback position. I really would love for the Jets to sign him. Um, but I, I could see corner being a premium pick in the draft for them this year. I agree about Cameron Sutton taking over for Mike Hilton in the slot, but that second corner position is a tough one to fill. You know, also we do have to, we didn't even say Devin Bush's name. We have to yes. say yes. he is such a great linebacker, really unfortunate with the ACL injury last year. So I hope, you know, you always want to see good players come back to be good players once again. So I hope he's able to pick up where he left off as one of the best linebackers uh, inside linebackers in the league. Well, we drafted Devin Bush and we traded up for Devin Bush because once we lost Shazier, the, the Ravens ran all over us in the playoff game that year when Shazier went down. And that really, that really changed our look on defense. We weren't very fast and now we're fast. Devin Bush is one of the fastest linebackers. Very fast defense. And him going sideline to sideline, that should help keep up with Lamar Jackson in that backfield. And that was the reason why we took him, in my opinion. And it worked out tremendously. And, yes, losing him was a huge blow. Um, Vince Williams is no longer with the team, so they're going to put Ryan Spillane into his spot, and he'll play with uh, Devin Bush in the middle. And, yeah, he's a great, uh, he's definitely uh, a, a, an exciting player to watch. I really enjoy watching him play. Um our defense is is going to be our main focal point. I know a lot of fans, uh, football fans, are used to watching our high explosive offense. I think we need to start dialing that back a little bit, though. Like I said, the run game is the most important thing for this team to, to work on. That should be priority number one. Big Ben's here for one more year, and uh, we've seen what happens when he's not playing quarterback, and that's the reason why 
they were so adamant about bringing him back. And I know a lot of people saying he shouldn't be coming back. This team needs to rebuild. You can't rebuild a team when you have this much talent on the team. There's so much talent on, on the team. defensive side of the ball and the skill position uh, at the wide receiver it's spot. Too much talent. Sure, go for it another year, but but I do see a roster with some serious holes. Uh, I think it's going to be too hard for them to overcome that offensive Shut line unless, uh, unless they do something that we don't know about. So, you know, uh, I know you're going to be optimistic. I know you're going to pick them to win the division. How do you see the re- – I'm not even going to ask you because every time Dustin and I do predictions – Let me get my for, finger in the pudding, baby. He wants to stir up the pudding. Every single time we do predictions for records, I always get an email from him that has the Steelers at 16 and 0. I'm guessing this year it'll be 17 and 0 because he refuses to say they're going to lose. So Dustin, I'm going to save you the trouble. You think the Steelers win the division? How do you see it shaking out after this? Uh, I got the Browns jumping the Ravens. Uh, I got the Ravens missing the playoffs. Not because uh, listen, I'm not being biased. I just don't. I think their team is going to go the opposite way. Uh, I think the Browns have way too much talent. Their offensive line is way too good. I think, like we said before, Chubb is probably the best natural running back in the league. Um, Stefanski's done a wonderful job over there. And the Browns are uh, are going to be a force in this league, and they already showed that last year. So I have the Browns jumping the Ravens and the Bengals in the cellar. That's basically it. Yeah, I actually – I have the Browns jumping – both the Ravens and the Steelers. I, I think the Browns finally take the AFC North crown. I think this offense is a well-oiled machine. I think they need a few more pieces on defense, but I really see a lot of holes in the Ravens and Steelers rosters. Uh, toss up on how that goes. If, if I had to pick, I'm going to say Ravens second place, Steelers third place, who still might make the playoffs. You had three teams go to the playoffs from this division last year. And uh, sorry, Bengals fans. All the way down in the basement, uh, you're not going to. We're going to be sorry because you're wrong. We're going to the moon. Oh, uh, wrestling reference! Everyone, take a shot. That was not a stock market reference. That was a wrestling reference. So we will see if the Steelers go to the moon or not. Time will tell. Uh, but all right, man, this was a fun one, AFC North. Uh, I'm just glad we made it out of you talking about the Steelers alive with uh, no tears. And uh, so we've done what? We've done three AFC divisions now. So I guess we're going to go to the AFC West now. Can we talk about the uh, NFC East? I want to talk about the Washington football team, man. I mean, hey, we can go there next. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let you all know where we go. But uh, anyway, that's the AFC North. We made it through. Thanks again uh, for everyone. We see your comments. We see you subscribing and liking where you need to. So we really do appreciate it. We're just here having fun talking football. So if you want to hit us up on Instagram, we're at new age footballers and we'll see you next time. Peace.